and welcome to the Driver's Ed Podcast, where we talk about and to the drivers in education who move innovation forward. Today, we're talking about professional learning and the ways in which we enhance professional practice in this ever-changing educational landscape, especially during COVID. And on today's episode, we're talking to our friends at the Avon Grove School District. And joining us for this conversation is Dr. Nikki Harvey, the Director of Teaching and Learning, and Dr. Jason Koch, Director of Technology, both with the Avon Grove School District in Chester County. And joining me alongside is my co-driver here, a man who always remembers to use his turn signal when changing lanes, Dr. D. Roberts. Always, always my pleasure to put my hand out the window when the turn signal is not working to let people know uh, that I'm getting ready to turn. Um, and I'm excited uh, for today's episode. Um, first of all, to have a few of my colleagues uh, from Chester County on with us, uh, and especially to have a mentor of mine on with us today, uh, Dr. Nikki Harvey, who uh, I've learned so much from over the years to come on and share her wisdom with us. Um, and then obviously, uh, Dr. Koch uh, joining her by her side as a dynamic duo uh, in the Avon Grove School District to share their learning. So if you don't mind, Scott, uh, I want to jump right in uh, with, a, with a question. And I'm going to throw this one right to Dr. Harvey here today. Uh, so we talk a lot about professional development, Dr. Harvey. Can you share with us um, some of the distinguishing differences between professional development and professional learning? Because I know school districts uh, and uh, educational organizations are using both. Um, and some people say they're the same thing. And uh, I'm wondering what your take is on that personally and um, how you carry that forth at the Avon Grove School District. Thank you, Dr. Roberts, and thank you, Scott, for the wonderful introduction today. Um, Dr. Roberts, this question is, is very timely as we've been um, really focused on professional learning this year in the Avon Grove School District. Um, I will say that I'm going to explain the definitions, um, in my opinion, between professional development and professional learning, but I ultimately think there's a time and place for both, and it's really important to consider that. Dr. Roberts, if I flash back to 2015, I feel like I can recall you and I in a conference room together at the CCIU having yeah. this exact conversation. Absolutely. It was around the time period of 2015 when we started hearing the shift from professional development to professional learning. So with that being said, I view PD as something that's done to educators and not necessarily with educators. I see it more as a one and done situation where the goal is really to impart knowledge, to be very factual and explicit about something. Um, whereas professional learning, I see that as being an opportunity for collaboration. It's ongoing. It's typically job embedded. Um, in the Avon Grove School District, we love to empower our teachers to lead and facilitate professional learning. And ultimately, as I mentioned, I think there is an opportunity and a need for both professional development and professional learning. So I'm, I'm wondering how you set those benchmarks in there for success. Um, and so how do you know as a district and how do the individuals participating really know that they've achieved those goals that you set out? 
Yeah, that's a great question. So for professional development, an example of when it's needed would be uh, the implementation of a, a new math program. So we recently implemented Envision through the Savis company, a brand new math program, K to eight for Avangrove School District. There are components of that math program that are very specific, explicit, and we just had to deliver that content to our teachers. They needed to understand the um, technology components of the math program, the instructional model of the math program, mm -hmm. and it involved the consultant coming out and saying, this is how it is. This is our program. Here's your teacher's manual. Here are your materials. Here's how you get online. And the consultant left and teachers implemented what they learned in the classroom, but not necessarily in a collaborative way yet. What we did after that was through our professional learning communities and through team time that we have during our school days, we gave our teachers opportunities to collaborate and dialogue about the math program. What was working? What wasn't working? What features did they find most helpful? And to me, that's a really clear example of professional development provided by an outside consultant, more of a one and done, and then ongoing professional learning about how that math program impacted practices in our classroom. That, that makes so much sense. Um, and I can remember that conversation Yeah, you talked about in 2015. And um, I still think we get it backwards uh, sometimes and we fall into habits and using the terms interchangeably. Um, but I think one thing Scott and I have gotten into is, is really kind of focusing on personalized learning and mm -hmm. personalized professional learning. And I think as we drive that direction, I think what you described when you talked about professional learning is where I think we really want to be headed at uh, with teachers, especially um, because of COVID. And there's such a need to, to sharpen up on our skills and, and learn how to tailor our instruction to our students. Um, so here's another question. I'm, one of the biggest areas of needs that we hear from our professional colleagues is needing more time. Uh, so Dr. Koch, throw you on the hot seat, uh, if you may. How do you find time for high quality ongoing professional learning with a finite amount of hours and days within the school calendar? Well, hello, everyone, and thank you for having both of us today. That is a challenging question, Dr. Roberts. Mm -hmm. There is absolutely no doubt about that. Time time is a finite thing, and I think our goal is uh, really twofold. One, to be as efficient as possible and to make the time that we have together meaningful. And two is to be able to match our goals for professional learning to the structure in which we are using. And we know all of those basic structures. We have our faculty workshops, we have our, our PLC times, we have our in-service days, we have times where pre-COVID we might get substitutes to be able to get a learning team together. Uh, we have a flex program. But what's really key for us is working on that, uh, identifying and working towards meeting those structures to the goals. 
So if our purpose is something that involves collaboration, how can we do that face-to-face -face or now at least in a synchronous modality? And just trying to be as efficient as, as efficient as possible when we're making those plans and being clear and focused. And the more focused we are, the more that our arrows are all going in the same direction and the more that we hope that all of our efforts really lead us to the outcomes that we desire. So I'm just wondering from an ed tech side, have you seen or begun to use um, maybe more asynchronous professional learning, not professional development, but professional learning yourself, being able to put some of those resources online, um, sort of on-demand resources? We have. And fortunately for us, we had a, a strong integration with Schoology that has occurred over the past four or five years. And we already were at the point where our professional learning was already going through Schoology. So we've been able to build a variety of courses synchronously and asynchronously over the past couple of years. Many of them were teacher selected through the Flex program, which has changed during our COVID response here. However, we continue to we continue to build. Uh, we have a professional learning course for each of our schools uh, through Schoology, and within that course, we have an EdTech uh, folder that has just resources, everything from how to sync your grade books to how to use mm -hmm. an external webcam or a PTZ camera um, to how how to record your your data in in our data management program. Uh, we keep all of that in the in the same place and. Even though time is short right now, even just this week, Dr. Harvey and I were collaborating on a course uh, using a, another known resource to CCIU. We know that always gets mentioned when, when Dr. Roberts and Dr. Harvey are, are together, rightfully so. Uh, but we've been working on putting a course together to help us plan our future, not just with ed tech, but with teaching and learning. And we're using the, the Future Ready Schools framework Mm -hmm. which is one that many of us are familiar mm -hmm. with. And just this week, we are putting resources together to be working with our instructional technology team, along with our teaching and learning team, to start getting ideas together. You know, where are we going from here? Um, and that is going to be both synchronous and asynchronous. So some asynchronous time and work leading us up to some synchronous time together. So sticking with the idea of ed tech, because now, now, we're in my wheelhouse. So, so let's go there. So I, mean, we, I love it. We, we've seen this, this huge explosion um, and a, an acceleration of adoption of ed tech, um, not only over the last several years as one-to-one -one is just generally proliferated, but throw COVID in the mix. And we had to get to that level of equity really fast and just that rate of adoption in there. So how, how have you responded as a school district uh, to this new infusion of instructional technologies? It's exciting. There's no doubt about that. Probably exciting and scary at the same time. And some of the considerations that we had were, first of all, this was something that we were thrust into. I mean, those rocket boosters turned on very mm -hmm. quickly when we had to get up on board. And a lot of previous work that we had done with online instruction was by choice. It was with students uh, or teachers who had an interest in online learning, who were able to make a choice that they wanted to do online learning. And that's not what our emergency response was. Um, so we really needed to come up with 
a strategy. And I think one of our main strategies was investing in our teachers and investing in our staff and mm -hmm. using our internal resources. Um, so that's a great reminder. Dr. Harvey brought that up uh, earlier today when we were talking about internal and external resources. And we really invested in our teachers and invested in them to be the ones to take our Avangrove curriculum that was already written and to digitize that. And we wanted them to be the drivers in that. And we selected, um, actually, we, we didn't even have to select. We had such a, an outpouring of our teachers that wanted to be involved with this. Uh, we wrote about 150 master courses, which were like the shells of courses incorporating in our learning targets and then incorporating in uh, district sponsored resources. We started writing those in about a two week turnaround and we invested in training with our instructional technology coaches. We invested in teachers on special assignment for remote learning to help with that training and to support that. And through those investments, we were able to deliver consistency uh, throughout this fall, throughout our, our online academy. And just really making sure that the we had consistent tools. We had tools that we had used before. We brought in new tools that uh, we knew that we needed to have a more robust program. But the biggest thing that we did was invest in our staff. Um, and I, I know uh, Dr. Harvey would have plenty to add about that as well, because it's been a true team effort between our technology folks and our technology team and our teaching and learning team. And uh, that's really why we feel like we've had the success we have. That was tremendous. I mean, um, you know, inside education, not everyone knows just how really difficult and how many moving pieces there were to get kids online. Um, you know, and I, you know, hear talk to people in the community and it's like, oh, you know, okay, just got my kid a computer. Uh, you know, it's almost like these things um, were easy, you know, just get a computer, mm -hmm. just get a couple of kids internet, teachers just put your lessons online, but there's really so much work. Uh, that had to go in and still needs to go into preparing students and teachers and families uh, for this for this big shift. Um, so I guess the next question, I guess, is for both of you uh, as we reflect on what we had to do to get here today and all the work that went went into it. Um, have you started planning for next year? Uh, next year's professional learning, uh, and if so, like. What does that look like? What's on the horizon in the world of curriculum and, and technology? Thank you, Dr. D. Um, I have to chuckle a little bit here. You know, I saw your question about planning for PD and, and I said to Dr. Koch, well, I drafted our planning document, but that's about as far as I've gotten so far. Um, and I'm only kidding a little bit there. Um, just as we were about to fully start engaging in our strategic planning process for next year, of course, you know, with COVID, we learned that we needed to invest some of our energy into our uh, all day, every day instructional model in a socially distanced world. So that's going to occupy our time over the next few weeks. But we are always looking ahead as educators. Avon Grove has a theme of being future ready. And that's not just for our students, but that's for all of us as well as, as staff members. What is the future bringing and how are we going to be ready for it? In Avon Grove, we administer an annual professional learning survey to our teachers. As Dr. Koch mentioned, we do have a pretty robust, flexible uh, professional learning plan where we worked with our association to develop an MOU 
and convert some of our standard in-service days to hours that teachers accrue over the course of a year um, at the time that's right for them. Within that, yeah, it's it's been amazing. I was fortunate to walk into that when I went to Avangrove, so I have to give uh, my colleagues who were there before me complete credit for that. They really invested a lot of time and energy. Um, so with that flexible professional learning plan, um, we tap on the shoulders of our teachers and we say, hey, you know, you're doing a really great job integrating technology um, and using formative assessment tools. Would you consider facilitating a professional learning course for your colleagues? Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, even without being tapped on the shoulder, our, our teachers uh, feel like, you know, they, they have been effective and they just come up with their own ideas of things that they want to do for their courses. So by the start of every year, um, we have a pretty expansive catalog of professional learning courses delivered either asynchronously or synchronously through Schoology um, that mostly are led by our teachers. We have administrators yes. leading some as well. It's a team effort, um, but we are just starting to think about that survey that I mentioned mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. will ask what the interest um, is and also have them evaluate some of our most recent professional learning experiences. We always ask them adult learning theory questions um, do they feel like they had voice and choice? Mm -hmm. Do they feel like the learning that we offer is relevant? Um, and and so we're we're underway with our plans for next year. Awesome. Anything to add there, uh, Dr. Cox, on the technology side? Is is that requiring you to to shift your gears uh, to be to be prepared for professional learning next year? It absolutely is, but it's a really exciting shift because the shift is from the acquisition of technology or the use of technology to being mm -hmm. focused on learning. And that's what our partnership is in the district. And that's what's so exciting about having these conversations is that we are at a point now where we have one-to-one -one devices, K-12, to where we have a, a commitment to continue to replace those devices, where we have almost 400 internet hotspots, making sure that our students are connected and we're working with different groups to make sure that that, that continues. And now we can really focus on the learning and focus on shifting, shifting our mindset from using technology as a replacement for what we did before to using technology to expand our resources. And another thing that we focus on in, in our school district is looking at the six C's and really being able to, as we go through curriculum evaluation, partner our departments so that we're making sure that we have tools that have that interoperability to be mm -hmm. as the most effective and to make sure that we're evaluating our lessons and our curriculum based on those six C's. So it's, a, it's an exciting time. Um, we know that our professional learning will continue to be more wide open, that our resources will continue to be more open, that we'll have a lot of excitement in collaboration and creativity. Um, those are the kinds of things that it's, it's just unbelievable, you know, where we can go. And so much of that is going to be fueled by the on-the-job training that we have now done over the past year. And we know that we weren't great at it at the beginning. 
we did surveys to find out how we could do better. Mm -hmm. And we know that that improved as we continue to survey our stakeholders. And now once we get back to having students face to face, the, the power of everything that we've learned of all of the resources that we have access to, of all the collaboration, of all of the courses that we've written, to now be able to do that in, in a face-to-face -face model is just really exciting. You know, we, we, can't, we can't wait. Uh, I'm excited over here. I'm just thinking about the parallel process that will occur when staff begin to receive more personalized professional learning and how that will translate to them personalizing learning for students because they them themselves will have a better concept of what that looks like. Um, and that can really be transformative. Uh, I just love where you're going and I appreciate you all sharing that. So as we begin to wrap up, I think we could probably have part two, part three, part four, and part five of, of this conversation delving a little bit deeper in, into areas and, and lessons learned. And, and maybe we would be privileged enough to be able to have you back. But there are two questions that we'd like to ask all of our guests at the end of our episodes. And the first one is, how do you use COVID as a catalyst to move forward in professional learning? like me to take that Dr. Koch to start out? Absolutely. Um, I think a lot of the ways we just mentioned, um, we used to differentiate our instructional technology professional learning. Um, we had different pathways that our teachers could go down based on their level of experience um, and uh, their interests. We kind of had to get everyone on the same page this year um, when those rocket boosters went off. Um, so that quickly accelerated for us. And, and so now we're at a different place where we can really use the technology as a catalyst for deepening learning. Um, in the Ivan Grove School District, we've been working with the Coherence Framework by Fullen and Quinn over um, the last few months and intend to use that as we move forward with our strategic planning, along with other frameworks like Dr. Koch mentioned with the Future Ready Framework. Um, Fullen and Quinn published the coherence framework in 2016 with the intent of being a coherence maker in chaotic times. I have to wonder if they knew just how chaotic things were going to be in 2020 um, in terms of education. But with that, one of the drivers that they mention is deepening learning. And deepening learning is a three-part process of ensuring that you have high-quality mm -hmm. pedagogy, making that connection to social-emotional learning, and embedding the focus on the six C's for global competency in all that you do. So that's really where we're hoping to go with our professional learning. Of course, always modeling through the process of what teachers could then transfer into their classrooms, but making the connections between those three things, the pedagogy, the social emotional learning, and those global competencies that apply to all areas. We've had that going in pockets, in our district. And now we feel like we're at a perfect place to bring that together to really make an even greater impact for our students. Sounds like a really nice synthesis of bringing those ideas that we've talked about, those areas of knowledge, skills, and dispositions, being able to bring those together, but being able to broaden out as um, they talk about with now from 4C to 6C and being able to have those areas of uh, being that global collaborator, um, that global citizen, really working on those other dispositional areas too. So thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Dr. D, what, what's our other question? So our, our final question here is, 
What is one thing you want to share with other districts as they're looking at their professional learning program? Start with that. I, I think that we look at our professional program the same way that teachers look at students. And that is getting to know the people who are gonna be your audience, getting to know the people who are gonna be your team, building trust and relationships with them, and then using that to put in evidence and research-based practices that can be measurable, that you have achievable goals that you're gonna to work together on. And I, I think for any school district, take you know what you know take what you learn take who you have and put that all together for you put that together for your district and make a um a program i don't even know if program's the right word um you know make an experience make a collaboration make make an event um that is really for you and i think that will uh send a lot of people on a lot of uh, into a lot of success and you know we look forward to that as as hopefully we're moving out of the pandemic i know that we need to we need to rest we need to recharge we need to reflect and we need to celebrate we need to celebrate everything that that our teams have accomplished that our teachers accomplished that our students and, and our families have accomplished and Hopefully in working in those plans, everyone has a, a chance for those celebrations and, and some time to recharge. Dr. Harvey? I really like your idea of using, calling it an experience. Yeah, because that's really what it is when you think about that idea of professional learning versus professional development, that it takes it from beyond training um, and, and really being able to internalize that, work with it and, and have a good output. I I'm going to be using that phrase experience. It's all yours. Let us, let us know how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> we've, we've all been in, we've all been in this together and, you know, there's no doubt about that. The collaboration uh, within the district, between districts, between counties um, that has made just all of this you know, more beneficial and has improved the outcomes for our students. And it's something that we did together. And that's what we want to see continue is that uh, we are following this mission, this this moral imperative together. And uh, that's that's why it's an experience. There's there's not a beginning or an end. It's uh, mm -hmm. it's something we're all we're all working towards together. Now we've been talking about how you know the question to ask now is whether the the education world or individual systems and districts will will seize this opportunity to actually make long-term sustainable transformational change that we've been talking about for way too long. It's here and it's now. And if it's easier to revert back to the status quo just because of this COVID fatigue or exhaustion, or if we're really gonna buckle down and commit to making this again, long-term and sustainable. And I think Dr. Koch would agree with me in that the Avangrove School District, there's no going back or coming back to school for us. There's only moving forward in a bigger and better way for all of us. I'm getting excited, uh, uh, Dr. Hand. We gotta make sure that we invite 
uh, Dr. Koch and Dr. Harvey to the What Now movement mm-hmm. uh, that you're starting there uh, in Delaware County uh, out of Radnor. Um, because you've been talking about that for quite a while. And I think what I just heard Dr. Koch talk about is we need to add a celebratory uh, event <laughs> to the What Now movement. I think you hit the nail on the coffin. I think so many people are fatigued. They're tired. There's so many people working harder than they ever have in education. So many teachers that we talk to, so many administrators um, that are just doing so much. And, they're, and they're, we're all trying our hardest. Um, and I think there's a lot to be celebrated, um, even though we know there's a lot more work to be done. Um, that you mentioned, Dr. Harvey, we've been trying to make this shift and this movement, and we can see it happening. Um, and I get excited, too. And I'm looking forward to celebrating where we've come um, to also celebrate where we're going. Uh, I'm so excited. Uh, we're just about out of time. Thank you so much, Dr. Harvey. Thank you so much, Dr. Koch, for taking time out of your busy day uh, to spend some time with us on the Driver's Ed podcast where we're looking to drive education forward and talking with all the awesome regional partners and colleagues across our, our region here. So thank you. And until next time, Uh, Let's keep moving things forward. Thank you both. Thank you as well. Thank you.